Hey guys, I'm Ryan. I'm the student pastor here at Beach. And we are, um, over the next few weeks, going to uh, go where the Holy Spirit guides us to go. I, if you were here last week, you heard me talk about it. But over these next, uh, kind of like next five, six weeks, we're not going to be in a series with like a graphic and a common theme. We're just going to talk about uh, what the Holy Spirit calls us to talk about. And the reason why we're doing that is because at Epworth, at our fall retreat, we talked about the guidance of the Holy Spirit. And um, we felt called to not just kind of do United as usual, but to do something different. And that is just week by week, we're just going to listen to what the Holy Spirit has for us. So last Sunday, I had no idea what I was going to preach this Sunday, which is not the norm. And over this past week, um, I was just kind of thinking about what, what did God have for us and what did God want to speak to us. And I was spending, as, as I was spending some time in one of our uh, staff prayer meetings and kind of spend some time um, on Tuesday just kind of reading through journals and all that kind of stuff, um, God, the Holy Spirit led me to uh, talk about this idea, how to listen. Everybody say, how to listen. How to listen. So um, I'm, a, I'm not a good listener. My wife will tell you I'm not a good listener. My parents will tell you I'm not a good listener. Jamie and Kendall can tell you I'm not a good listener. Um, my sisters, anybody that's close to me can tell you I'm not a very good listener. Um, and uh, and there, there's a lot of reasons that I'm not a good listener. Uh, one is I'm easily distracted. Um, someone could be telling me something very important, and I just start looking all over the place. And I look out the window, and I could be in a meeting, and then I see someone walking across the street downstairs uh, across the 7 North. And I'm like, I wonder what they're doing today. I wonder what they're taking, uh, what they're going to buy at, at, at Beam. And I wonder, um, I wonder what, they're, what they're doing over there um, in the parking lot. I wonder who they're talking to. Oh, they're on their phone. They look angry. Like, and I, my mind just goes like a million miles away. I, I just get very easily distracted. Maybe, maybe you can relate to that. Uh, I'm impatient. Um, like I can listen to somebody and you, you guys know if you've been here for a while, I'm a fast talker. Sometimes I talk too fast when I'm up here. Um, and, uh, and that's kind of because I'm impatient. And when I hear other people talk, um, because I'm not the one talking, I, I get impatient. And I'm just like, all right, come on, come on, come on. T -t -t Tell me faster. And like when I listen to podcasts and stuff, like I listen to them on like double time speed so that I can get them done quicker. And so like I just want everything to be fast. I'm impatient. So when I'm listening, I have to be patient. And I'm not very good at that. So I'm sitting there and I'm just thinking, Okay, just come on, spit it out. Just, just tell me what you want. Faster, faster, faster. Tell me, all right, you, when, when are they, and I'm just thinking in my mind, when are they going to be done? When are they going to be done? When are they going to be done? And, and I'm just, um, I'm not a very good listener. I'm not, I'm not very patient. It's, a, it's, a, it's another weakness of mine. I'm, uh, I want to talk. Maybe you've been there before. Um, whether it's like a, a, a passioned conversation or just like a normal conversation, maybe you're sitting there, and the whole time the other person's talking, maybe you're just kind of thinking about what you're going to say. You ever done that before? Nobody? Okay. Um, you've, you've been in a conversation and someone's talking and you're like, uh, man, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to get back at them with that point and I'm going to tell them my opinion about this and, and then I'm going to tell them that fact that I saw on the internet the other day and, and then I'm going to bring it all together and then they're going to be convinced that I'm right and they're wrong. They're going to be convinced about my opinion uh, of whatever we are talking about. And so I'll sit there and I'm thinking more about what I'm going to say than what they're actually saying. And it's pretty hard to listen when you're just worried about what you're going to, stay, to say. Um, I get, again, I get caught up in my thoughts. I get distracted. I, I can't sit still. I start fidgeting with stuff. Um, and, and, and I'm just not a very good listener. It's a weakness of mine. Maybe, maybe you guys can relate. Maybe some of you guys are not the greatest listeners. But, but nonetheless, I, I, it's hard for me to listen to other people. It's hard for me to, to hear what they're saying and really process it. And the reality is, um, whether you're a good listener or not, no human being is, is a good listener. All human beings 
kind of um, are, are very forgetful when it comes to listening. Uh, studies show that about 17 to 25% of what people say, we actually remember. So no matter how good of a listener you are, when I'm done with this sermon, you're going to remember maybe, if you're a really good listener, maybe you'll remember a quarter of what I said, which is not very good. We're just not very good at listening as human beings. And so, and so if it's hard to listen to people, if it's hard to listen to me when I'm up here on a mic and it's coming out of the speakers above you and we got stuff on the TV, if it's hard to listen to the person sitting across from you when you can see their mouth moving, their hands moving, and hear their voice coming out of their mouth into your ears, if it's hard to listen to people, how much harder is it to listen to God? And after Epworth, as we were talking about the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit is powerful, how the Holy Spirit speaks to us, how the Holy Spirit is God within us, um, some of you over the past month and a half would come up to me and be like, yeah, well, like, how, how do I know it's actually the Holy Spirit speaking to me, right? Like, how do I know it's not just like myself? Or how do I know it's not like you ever seen like the movies and they got like an angel and a demon on their shoulders? Like, how do I know it's not the demon telling me what to do? How do I know it's not just something I want? How do I know it's not something my friend told me or something I, I, like deep down inside of me is really just coming from me? How do I know it's actually the Holy Spirit? And, and what I want to do tonight is I want to talk about kind of a, a two-part thing of how to listen. I want to talk about how we can better hear from God or better hear from the Holy Spirit. And I'll use those two terms interchangeably because the Holy Spirit is God in us, God speaking to us. And so I, I might use both of those terms, but I'm talking about the same God. Um, how, how do we better hear the Holy Spirit? And, and how do we know it's actually the Holy Spirit when we hear something or when we feel something? How, how do we know that's the Holy Spirit and not something else? And so we're going to look at a scripture in uh, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 3, about a guy named Samuel. So the book is about him, and he's kind of like the hero of the story. But before I get into this, let me, let me give you a little bit of background. There was this lady named Hannah. Everybody say Hannah. Hannah, Hannah had, a, had a husband named Elkanah. Elkanah. Now, here's the problem with Elkanah. Elkanah had two wives. Boys, if you ever find yourself in a situation where you have two wives, you've gone wrong in some way, shape, or form. You should never find yourself, or girls, you should never find yourself with two wives or two husbands. That, that's a mistake. But he found himself with two wives. And um, just because it's in the Bible doesn't mean it was right. And just so you know, because some people are like, well, if you have two wives in the Bible, it must be okay. Like, lots of people did stupid things in the Bible. So he did a stupid thing. He had two wives. He had Hannah, and he had this other girl. And um, boys, you ever, you ever had a friend, and you both like the same girl? Anybody? Yeah. So that, that gets a little awkward, right? And uh, a little bit competitive. Um, so imagine being married to the same person. So Hannah and this other girl married to the same guy. And uh, here was the difficult part for Hannah. The other girl had a lot of kids, but Hannah couldn't have children. And, and it's a very difficult thing today for, for a woman to not be able to have children. But at this time, um, that was almost all that women were looked for to do was have children. And if you couldn't have a children, you were looked at as, as cursed, as, as, as just basically pointless. Like people would look at women that couldn't have children and look at them and be like, like, like you're worthless. And so she felt worthless and she would go to the temple every year and she would pray and pray and pray. God, give me a child. God, give me a child. God, give me a child. I need a child. I'm trusting in you. And one day this priest named Eli He's sitting there and he's watching her pray and she's like so emotional. He's like, what is wrong with this woman? And he goes up to her and asks her, hey, what's going on? And she tells him and he says, God's gonna grant your request. And later that year, she becomes pregnant. But here's the thing. She had made a promise to God that day while she was praying. And that promise was, if you give me a child, 
I will dedicate him to you. Here's what that meant. God, if you give me a child, I'm going to allow him to be raised in the temple. I'm not going to raise him. He is going to serve you all the days of his life. And so after he had grown up a little bit and she had, she had raised him to, to where he could be a little boy, she takes him back to the temple. And she goes up to this guy, Eli, and she's like, man, you may not remember me, but years ago I prayed for a miracle. It happened. I had a little boy. And here I am to dedicate him to the temple. I want you to raise him in the temple. I want you to adopt him. Imagine how difficult this was for Hannah. But she did it because she had promised this to God. She had trusted God with her future. And so she takes Samuel to Eli and says, raise him. And she goes home. So this boy grows up in the temple. That's where we're going to pick up. Chapter 3, verse 1. It says, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. So Eli was like his adopted dad. Uh, Samuel was like living in the house of God. And when it says the boy Samuel, uh, he was probably a, a young teenager. He's like a middle schooler. He's 12, 13 years old. And so, um, so he's living there in the temple. And it says this, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. Now, when we read the Bible, here's how we read it. This is how I read it growing up. My thought was, God always spoke to everybody in the Bible. Because we turn the pages, and here he is, making uh, in a burning bush for Moses. And and he's he's in a cloud for the Israelites. And and he's coming down to the earth as Jesus. And and all these amazing miracles are happening. And we're like, well, that doesn't happen at all for us. Man, it must have just been a biblical thing. But here's what we got to remember. This book, from beginning to end, covers thousands of years. And not only does it cover thousands of years, it only mentions specific people. Out of the millions and millions of people, it just mentions a few specific leaders and people and families. And so when we read this, and it seems like every page God's doing something, we have to realize it's not every day to every person. This is a few people over the course of thousands of years. And so the Bible tells us here, it was rare that God spoke or brought a vision. And so that's kind of the circumstance. So this boy's growing up in a place, in a temple, but but people don't hear from God very much. And one night, Eli, who's old at this point, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of God had not yet gone out. This is what this means. They would light the lamp of God at night, and it would burn till the morning. And so what it means, it's like late, late, late night or early, early morning. Maybe it's like four in the morning, something like that. And he's lying down in his, uh, Eli was in his usual place, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. And the ark of God was the place where the presence of God resided. So he is like literally like having a sleepover in God's house. And then the Lord called Samuel. Again, it's rare. And so Samuel's not really going to be sure what to do with this. And Samuel answered, here I am. Because if you're in the house alone and there's one other person in the house and it's the middle of the night and you hear your name, what are you going to assume? Someone's calling you. And it's the other guy in the house. And so he went to Eli. And he said, here I am. You called me. But Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. So he went and he lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel, exclamation point. He's yelling his name. And Samuel got up and he went to Eli and he said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. It's kind of like when when a kid just keeps getting up when they're like four or five years old. And like, mom, I'm thirsty. Mom, I'm hungry. Mom, read to me. Mom, and it's like, just go back to bed. I'm not playing the games. Go back to bed. Eli's like, dude, why did I adopt you? Like, go back to bed. Verse 7, now Samuel did not know the Lord. Here's what this means. 
He didn't have a relationship with God yet. Of course, he lived in the temple. He knew about God. He didn't have a relationship with God. God had not spoken to him yet, and so he didn't expect to hear from God in this way. That's why he thought it was Eli. It says, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called, Samuel. And Samuel got up, and he went to Eli. And Eli, and he said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realizes something. And as the priest, maybe he should have realized it earlier, he realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came in a fourth time, and he stood there. There's this picture. God is in the room with him. And he called, as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. God would begin to speak something to him, and he would not stop speaking to him for the rest of his life. Samuel would be a leader, a prophet. He would be the one that uh, anointed King Saul and King David. He would be the one that, that kind of ushered in a new government for, for Israel. Like, he was a huge deal. But it all started with him saying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, when I read this, you may read this, and you may just think, man, if God yelled out my name at night, I'd answer too. Like, what's so special about Samuel. Well, what's so special about him? Like, like, it's so obvious. Like, if I heard my voice and I went to my parents and they said, we didn't call you, we didn't call you, we didn't call you, and I just kept hearing voices, I'd probably, I'd probably just say, yes, yes, God, what do you want? So, like, like, like of course, this is easy for Samuel, but, but Samuel does a few things. Maybe he didn't even realize it, but he does a few things so he can hear better from God, and I, and I want us to learn from what he does. There are three things I see that Samuel does that we can do as well to hear better from God or hear better from the Holy Spirit. Here's the first thing that Samuel did. He was near to God. So we need to be near to God. Now, for Samuel, it was a physical thing, right? Like he lived in church. I'm not telling you to come sleep in block 84 every night. That's not what I mean by be near to God. Here's what I mean. Here's what I mean. While it was physical for, for Samuel, it is spiritual for us. It is emotional for us. It is mental for us. We need to draw near to God in our spirit. Are we near to God in our thoughts? Do we ever think about him? Are you near to God by talking to him? Are you near to God by what you read or what you put in your mind? Are you near to God in your conversations? Are you near to God in the way that you worship? Not just on a Sunday night, but are you near to God on Monday and Tuesday? Are you near to God on Thursday, Friday, Saturday? Because... Because I think sometimes God's calling out to us, but we're so far away we can't hear him. Like, if I were to stand right here and, 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 and just look down at Khalil and say, hey, Khalil, you can hear me, right? But what if I was like a mile away and I saw you way down the beach and I started screaming, Khalil, Khalil, Khalil? He probably wouldn't hear me. Why? Not because I wasn't calling, but because he wasn't near enough. And we've got to look at our posture. Like, Samuel was living in the house of God. He was near to God, and so when God called, he heard him. Maybe we need to be more near to God. Here's the second thing about Samuel that we see in this account. He had no distractions. He had no distractions. So we need to eliminate distractions. Here's here's his deal. It's the middle of the night. He's in a place with one other person. He has no phone. He's not on Twitter. He's not listening to something. He's not watching TV. He's alone, in the dark. 
There was nothing competing for his attention, was there? If God called, he heard. He heard so much that he assumed it could only be one other person, Eli. It couldn't be his phone. It couldn't be the TV. It couldn't be uh, uh, something in his, in, his, in his earphones or anything like that. Like It had to be Eli because there was nothing else to be talking to him. See, he had no distractions. And we live in a distracted world, do we not? Like, I'm, I'm constantly distracted. Man, we're, we're distracted uh, most of all by, by our phones. Like, like, we have access to anything in the world at all times with our phones. And, and like, man, it's like so ridiculous. Like, it used to be like when I grew up, if I was in a doctor's office, I'd have to be like, oh, I'm gonna read like highlights for kids or like, Ranger Rick or Sports Illustrated for Kids or something when I was waiting for the doctor. And I'd look for, I'd, look, I'd read like some stupid medical magazine because I'm like, I'm so bored. Now we're like watching Netflix while we're waiting for something. We're like, oh, good, I gotta wait 30 minutes? Cool, I'm gonna catch up on my TV shows. You pull up, if, if you drive, you pull up to a, a stoplight and you're like, it used to be like, man, how long is this light gonna be? Now it's like, oh man, I get like 25 seconds to look at my social media before I have to drive again. Like, this is great. I'm gonna check my messages and all that stuff. Oh my gosh, it's already green. Like, like that happened in my lifetime where like I went from, I hate red lights to like, oh, red lights are great. Man, and this is TMI, but like, let's just get real. Like, I get excited to go to the bathroom, like the long bathroom. Why? Because I'm like, oh, nice. I'm just gonna go sit down, have a, have a relaxing break, kind of take my time, look at my phone, People like, like, we used to like go to the bathroom and just go to the bathroom. Now we go to the bathroom and we're in there. Why were you in there so long? Well, I, I was watching an episode of The Office. It's like, like in the bathroom? Yeah, man, like, the, you know, we got phones now. And it's like, like we're so distracted even when we want to go to the bathroom. It's like we're so excited just to, to, to sit and look at a distraction. Like we're never not distracted, are we? Like we're always looking at something. And if it's on our phone, it's our computer or our iPad. Sometimes I'm sitting on the couch and I got my my. my, my email open here and I'm looking at my my phone and I got Netflix like some show on TV and it's like like how many things can I be distracted with at once and then we got social media which is kind of on everything we've got and if that's not enough a lot of times we're listening to music or we're listening to podcasts or we're listening to something and it's like we've got all these distractions and we're just so busy we're always going somewhere we're going to a party or a game or a practice or we got to go do homework and then we got to go to dinner then we got to go to work and we're going from here to there to here to there we got to go work out and then it's like every single minute of every single day is filled up with distractions and again when we get to the quietest times of laying in bed what are we doing dropping our phone on our face like that's what we're doing we're just sitting there looking at our phones or looking at something and I'm like the worst about this and here's why I say all this Because when we are constantly distracted, we can't hear very well from God. See, Samuel was in a place where he wasn't distracted. So I've got to ask, like, can we cut some things out of our lives? Our church is going into a time like a 21-day fast, and and a fast is essentially when you cut something out of your life so you can hear better from God. This is what this means. It's to eliminate a distraction so that I can hear better from God. Not because the distraction is bad, but just because it's a distraction. And if we can get rid of distractions, we can hear better from God. And I think God's speaking to us sometimes, and we can't hear him because we got our, our earbuds in, and we're on our phone, and we're looking at social media, and we're checking out many likes, and we're talking to our friends, we're at a party, we're at, we're at an event, we're at, we're at a practice, we're at a game. Like, we're so busy, and we're so distracted that we can't even hear from God. Here's the third thing, and this may seem obvious, but Samuel listened. He listened. You want to know how you can hear from God? You listen. See, when people are good listeners, they hear more. Right? Like, like if, if someone's a really good listener, 
they're going to notice things that are going on that bad listeners don't notice. They're going to hear things that other people don't hear. People are going to come to them that don't go to bad listeners. So someone may not come to me because they're like, well, Ryan's not going to listen to me anyway. But they might go to someone who's a really good listener because they know that person is going to listen to them. That person is going to pay attention. And so by, by like, like it, just, it just so happens that like a good listener hears more than a bad listener. And it's the same thing with God. You can say it this way. The more we listen to God, the more we will hear from him. The more we listen to God, the more we will hear from him. And, and, and here's, here's what I'm convinced of. Some of us are so busy not listening to God that we just can't hear him anymore. And some of you are like, man, I wish I could hear from God more. And it's like, well, do you ever listen to him? Like, 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 are you actually listening to what he tells you to do? Because if you just sit there and you just do whatever you want, at some point, maybe he's just going to stop talking. Not because he's given up. Not because he doesn't want something better for you, because you're just not going to listen. If he keeps telling you, hey, man, you need to deal with this lust issue, and you're like, no, 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 I got my life figured out. I'm going to handle this myself. At some point, you're going to stop hearing it. I led a life group uh, of boys years back, and a couple of them were, were, were big on, on smoking weed. And I would talk to them all the time, over and over and over again. We'd talk about it. And the scariest time was not, was not when they were like, man, I smoked every day this week, and I feel so bad about it. The scariest time was when they said, I don't feel bad about it. It's not bad. I'm good. God hasn't told me to stop. And I would look at them, and I was thinking, Maybe God isn't telling you to stop because he's told you so many times and you haven't listened so many times that he's just given up telling you. And you just keep on going and doing what you want to do. And so many times we're just going away and we're going away and we're doing whatever we want to do. And God's like, listen to me. And we're like, no. And then we wonder why we don't hear from God. And we wonder why we don't feel like he's close to us because we are not listening. Samuel listened. Uh, imagine if you had a friend and uh, you never hung out with them. You never spent time with them. When you did, you were constantly on your phone. You were distracted by something else. And then finally, when you sometimes were able to listen to them, you just were like, eh, whatever, I don't care. If that was the nature of your friendship, eventually that person would say, eh, I'm not friends with you anymore. I don't want to hang out with you anymore because you're not spending time with me. When I'm with you, you're distracted. And when, you finally, when I finally get through to you, you don't even listen anyway. What kind of relationship would you have? Not a very good one. And so if we want to hear more from God, we've got to be near to God. We've got to eliminate distractions, and we've got to listen. But how do we know if we're actually hearing from God? Some of you are like, man, I hear things all the time. Which, like, uh, man, I'm, I'm just like, I'm feeling like these, these, these emotions, and I'm feeling like these feelings and these urges, and I just don't know what's the Holy Spirit and what's not. Well, I got, I got a few more things for you to help you kind of figure this out. And I, and I don't have all the answers. And there, I, I could probably give you a, million, a list of a million different things to help you figure out if it's the Holy Spirit or not. But, but here's the first thing. We need to recognize that we can hear from the Holy Spirit through our thoughts, other people, the Bible, promptings, and his voice. Here's what I mean by this. The Holy Spirit doesn't just speak in one way. If all you were waiting for is the Holy Spirit's audible voice, you might not hear from the Holy Spirit very much. If all you're waiting for is for the Holy Spirit to, to put a burning bush in your way, you might not hear from the Holy Spirit very much. If all you're waiting for is, a, is this emotion, you might not hear from the Holy Spirit very much. You need to realize, we need to realize that the Holy Spirit speaks to us in all kinds of ways. 
all kinds of ways. He might speak to you through your life group leader or your friend or your boyfriend or your girlfriend. And you're like, man, they, they, man, they're just judging me, blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, they're trying to tell you something the Holy Spirit put on their heart to tell you. And if you would listen, maybe you'd hear from the Holy Spirit. But you assume the Holy Spirit only speaks directly to you, which is a lie. The Holy Spirit could speak to you in a lot of different ways. I've got, y'all are gonna think this is weird. And I've told some of the students about this before, but I have these things, I call them like Holy Spirit shocks. And I didn't, maybe I always had them, but I just noticed them like the last like five, six, seven years. And when I'm praying, not always, but when I'm praying sometimes, or when I'm worshiping sometimes, or when I'm listening, uh, reading the scripture, or, or listening to a sermon, or, or at church, or having a conversation every once in a while, or maybe even just like I get an urge from God, I will have these times where like my entire body flinches. I don't, I don't think anyone else would even notice it. It's just kind of like, like, like kind of like startled, and, and, it, and it goes through my body. And at first, I didn't think anything of it. And y'all might be like, this is weird. Well, just listen. Like, I didn't think anything of it. But over and over and over again, it happened at the same kind of events. It would happen when I was praying. It would happen when I was worshiping. It would happen when I was trying to, to, to turn away from God, something God was telling me to do. And then he's like, hey, I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to get your attention. And I've realized that when that happens, it's the Holy Spirit. And I don't know if he speaks to you that way. I don't know if he speaks to other people that way, but he speaks to me that way. And, and, and I will feel that shot go through my body. And now when that happens, I think about what is going on. What did I just pray? Maybe he wants me to pay attention to that. What did he just tell me to do? Maybe I need to go do it. What, what song are we listening to? Maybe he has a message for me. Well, what am I reading? What am I listening to? Like what's going on that maybe he's trying to shock me into listening to? It doesn't hurt or anything. It's just like this flinch that I just know is from the Holy Spirit. Like he speaks to us in all kinds of ways. But when you hear something, here are three questions you can ask to help you realize whether or not it's the Holy Spirit or not. Three questions you can ask. Here's the first one. Ask yourself this, does it benefit other people or me? Does it benefit other people or me? See, here's what our natural thoughts benefit. Us. It's what we want to do, where we want to go, how we want to spend our time, how what we want to say, what we want to hear, what we want to watch, what we want to eat. Like, we want to benefit ourselves because humans are selfish people. Our thoughts will always lead us to benefit ourselves. And so, when we feel something, when we hear something, when someone tells us something, we've got to ask ourselves, does it benefit other people or does it benefit me? Now, I'm not saying that following God's commands don't benefit you because they do, but what I'm saying is, are you doing it for yourself or for someone else? If you feel like God's calling you to go talk to someone that you don't know and reach out to them, that benefits them. Probably the Holy Spirit. That's something that Jesus would want. That's something that Jesus would do. But God's not calling you to go use and abuse some girl or guy sexually. It's not happening. And you may, man, like, like I know God's, I've had people tell, you might think it's crazy. I've had people tell me, God's calling me to this relationship. I'm like, no, he's not. I promise you he's not. And they're like, yes, yes, yes. And I'm like, it's you, because it's benefiting you. It's not gonna benefit anybody else but you. You're doing something stupid. That is from yourself, not from the Holy Spirit. So you gotta ask yourself, who's it gonna benefit? Here's the second thing. You need to ask yourself, does this challenge my faith? Does this challenge my faith? Now, if it was obvious, if it was totally obvious what was, what was going on, like if you had like a million dollars over there and you were like, oh, I feel like I should just go take that million dollars. Like it's obvious. Anybody would do that. Like, like, like that, is, that is so obvious to us. It's probably not from the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit's gonna call you to do things that challenge your faith because they're not obvious, because they're scary, because you're not sure if you should do it. The other day, I was going through the drive-thru at the pharmacy at Publix, and I, and I pull up, and the pharmacist just seemed like, she seemed like agitated. And I felt the Holy Spirit. And I'm already gonna tell you, like I didn't listen to the Holy Spirit. So I, I'm, I'm definitely not perfect. Like I, I don't listen all the time. But like I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, you need to, you need to ask her if she's okay. You need to pray for her. You need to ask her if she's okay. You need and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're, we're talking through the little microphone thing. And like, like it, she's got like, you know, like, and she's agitated. She's like so mad. She's even at work. Like I can tell, like, I'm just gonna leave and, and leave her alone. Like this, like I, like I cannot mess with her. This is weird. I don't know her. I'm sitting in line outside of a, in a car. My car's running like, like what, am I, what is this? This is so weird. Here's the truth. It was challenging my faith. It was challenging me to trust God. It was scary. And if you have a thought, if you have something going through your mind, an urge, someone tells you to do something, uh, something that the Holy Spirit's calling you to do, you gotta ask yourself, does it challenge your faith? Because if it challenges your faith, it might just be from the Holy Spirit. Might just be from the Holy Spirit. Here's the third thing we need to ask. Does it advance God's kingdom and glory? Does it advance God's kingdom and glory? If it's about loving people, then yes. If it's about sharing Jesus, then yes. If it's about serving others, yes. If it's about going to someone that's, that's outside of your friend group and loving on them, then yes, it is advancing God's kingdom and glory. And here's the thing, none of these one question, like no one of these questions will answer you for sure if it's the Holy Spirit. But if you can answer all three of these together, I think most of the time you'll know whether it's the Holy Spirit. Because if the urge you're feeling will benefit someone else, if it's challenging your faith, and if it will advance God's kingdom, it's probably the Holy Spirit. That's what God called us to do anyway. If you're ever really unsure, you just look at the Bible. Well, God called them to love other people. God called them to go to other people. God called them to to reach out past their own selfishness. God called them to give. And so if you're feeling any of those things, you can just assume that's the Holy Spirit speaking to you. The Holy Spirit's not gonna speak to you and tell you to go get wasted on Friday night. Not gonna happen. He's not gonna speak to you and tell you to go punch somebody in the face. He's not gonna speak to you and tell you to go take advantage of somebody um, emotionally or sexually or physically. He's not gonna tell you to to, to cheat on something. He's not gonna tell you to take advantage of somebody or or, or hurt somebody. He's never gonna tell you those things, but he is gonna tell you to go love. He is gonna tell you to go care. He is gonna tell you to, to go serve. And so when we put these questions together, we can hear from what, from God, and we can know whether it is God speaking to us. So what we're gonna do now is we're gonna put this into action. So what I want you to do is if you have your cell phone out, put it away, put it in your pocket, turn it off, vibrate. If you're holding hands with your boyfriend or girlfriend, then let go. If you're taking notes, put down your notepad, put down your pen. Bow your head, close your eyes. We're just gonna listen. The band's not gonna play. I'm going to stop talking, and all of us for three minutes, and it's going to seem like an eternity to some of you, three minutes, we're just going to listen. And I'm not, I'm not telling you you're going to hear, from God, hear God's voice like, like it's an automatic, like, hey, God, three minutes, give me something. Here's what I'm telling you. We're just going to put this into practice and to begin being near to God and listening for him. So let's spend three minutes listening for what he has for us.